what up and welcome back to the grown woman podcast i am brie and i'm chelsea and this podcast is all about navigating the intersectionality of black female adulthood so sit back grab a drink as we discuss the treasure and the trash of being grown black women in these streets each week, we open up the episode with cocktails and conversations where we mix up a drink of choice and dive into the episode's main topic. Now, y'all know I'm not sipping on anything fun these days, but we do have some great guests. So I am going to let our guests introduce themselves. And if you're sipping on a little something special, you can share with the group. But today we will be talking about Enneagram for the Culture, a new podcast that just released by doctors Kimberly Reese Sherman and Camille Logan. So welcome, ladies. Um, we are excited to have you. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your podcast and what brought you into the realm of speaking about the Enneagram for the culture. Hello. Thank you. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was such a good intro. We try. Like, we try. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a quick though. I always say this to people. I'm not a doctor. They, neither is Kim. But thank you anyway. But uh, <laughs> look, we're just speaking it into existence. Y'all are doctors in my day. <laughs> you better manifest. Yeah. You better manifest. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well, um, go ahead. Yeah. No. You go. Okay. I'm Kim. And, and I'm Camille. Kim. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a therapist out of Charlotte. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Um, yes, it's so funny when people assume or just tell us that we're doctors and it is. It's um all people almost always say, Well, that manifests. You're licensed that. in my brain, that's a doctor, so whatever. Well, I mean <laughs> we're definitely we're definitely um, experts in our field at this point. Um, so I mostly, I specialize in trauma, um, mostly working with, um, black women, um, in North Carolina. Um, and Camille is my co-host and friend and sister. Yes. Yes. Glad to be all of those things. Um, I am Camille. I am also a, well, I'm a licensed mental health clinician. Um, and so same world, do therapy. Um, and I specialize in adults. And the thing that I kind of say for folks is I get to walk alongside folks and kind of untangle unhelpful beliefs or patterns in their lives that have kept them stuck. Um, so whether that is trauma or just life or jobs or pandemic or whatever um, relationships, um, that's what I get to do. So um, that's what I do. And yes, me and Kim have... Um, been friends now for a long time. We started out in the mm -hmm. community mental health world, which is a whole mm -hmm. training ground right. for, for therapists. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that was about I don't know, probably like nine years ago at this point, eight, nine years ago. Mm. Um, longer. Yep. Cause I've been in Charlotte for 10. Wow. Yeah. Time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's probably been 11, 12 years. Yeah. Um, like the last yeah. two years don't count. In numbers, right. so that's right. where the counting. Do y'all do that math too? Like someone yes. will be like, "Oh, this happened four years ago," and I'm like, "But two was the but like what? Only yeah, only two years." Like right. yeah. exactly. <laughs> I count from 2019. Like <laughs> yeah, it's the <laughs> it's a whole new math equation. Um, so we've been rocking for that long, and then we just started the podcast. It dropped in February 2022. 
Um, but we've been talking about the Enneagram for maybe six, five years now. Gosh. Yeah. So yeah, Camille um, brought it to me. Camille's like, girl, I think this is something that you'd really like primarily like to use with your clients and you probably like it for yourself was kind of how she framed it. Um, and I did, I checked it out and it was really cool. And I never looked at it again for a year because it read me to Phil and I <laughs> wasn't Phil? To Phil. And that was <laughs> one of the ready? things that like, made me choose my therapist. Cause that was one of the first things we talked about. I was like, Oh yeah, you know, Enneagram. Okay. We're friends. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. For, for some of us who don't know what the Enneagram is, or what it means. Can one of you guys explain that to us? Yeah. yeah. Tell it. us about the Enneagram and like how you use that work in, in your, in your workouts, black women yeah. therapists. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, the way I frame it, um, is it's a tool. So, but most people are able to more easily relate to this notion of it being a personality assessment. Um, I feel like tool is more applicable because it there's not really it doesn't really stop like you can continue to use it like on like for as long as you choose um, versus a lot of other personality assessments or tools they're kind of they kind of box you in and more so focused on um, behaviors. This tool is it's able to connect with what's going on at our core, which then helps us understand the patterns that we see. So um, I tell I tell my clients that it's it, the way to think about it is, so when we're talking about your personality, that's not really who we are. Um, that's, that's how we shield ourselves. That's how we protect ourselves. Um, that's uh, um, sometimes we see the world through this particular lens, but all of us, there at our, at our core and at our essence, we're just so much more than our personality. So when you know what your personality is, you just have, it opens up options when you're in certain situations. Um, so that, that's the Enneagram. So nine different archetypes. And so when you hear people refer to, um, types, types is short for archetypes and that is representative of all the personality types in in humanity. Um, uh, I believe that we all have a little bit of all of the different types in us, but we all have a dominant type. Um, you mentioned your wings earlier. And so then we have our wings. Um, but yeah. And so you call me out. You want to talk about how, why it's important to use this? Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you nailed it. Um, the other thing to like note about the Enneagram is um, we have a little bit of all of us. And it's like she said, um, and the goal, there's a lot of talk in the Enneagram when you learn about your Enneagram is about growth. So um, end game is not to say, oh, I'm this type. That's it. Um end game is to be able to say, I'm this type and here's the ways that I can grow. Here's the ways that I can like borrow from and lean into and use other numbers um, and develop certain skills to kind of create um, almost like a less of a grasp on my personality um, and being able to kind of maneuver through the world um, without that stronghold on me. So really the Enneagram is kind of trying to take you out of the box, um, which is really neat. Um, The other thing that she said the nine types. Yes. And then the cool thing about the Enneagram and 
is just that there are nine types. And sometimes we're like, what? Only nine types of people? No, then right. there's all kinds of flavors and mixes and right. ways that it, you know, you've got your, um, your subtypes, you've got your wings, you've got your health and your unhealth. Like you've got all kinds of flavors that really make it more than just nine, but at the base you have your dominant type. Like she talked about, that's one of nine numbers. Um, so and the other thing about that's cool about the Enneagram that we didn't um, mention already is that it really helps you interact with people. So not only is it a great self tool, um, it's a great um, relationship tool and how you interact with people in your life because you're getting to understand their motivations and why they're doing what they're doing. Um, and that just helps you have so much compassion and grace and understanding um, because, you know, when you're with people and you're like, I do not understand what and why they're doing it like that. And then the Enneagram really gives you language to be like, oh, because there's a fear happening for this person or there's a right. motivation happening for this person. Right. And that's why they do it like that. It's beautiful. Well said. I, I really enjoy using the Enneagram for that relationship type. Like mm -hmm. my husband is a six wing five. Mm -hmm. And so we obviously do not think the same way. We do not have the same motivations. And so very often I follow a lot of Enneagram accounts on Instagram and I like devour when they dive into each type for various different reasons. Um, and I often send those to my husband, I'm like, okay, these are me. These are you. Like, this is why we have, we butt heads sometimes on this because you're thinking about this and I'm thinking about that. Um, and that's been very helpful. And like, you know, sometimes he doesn't understand, like, for instance, like <laughs> flowers and chocolate do nothing for me. And there was like an Enneagram. Um, I don't remember. I think it was, there's like, <sighs> An Enneagram account that's for, it's like Black Women in Coffee and Enneagram or something like that. Um, but they um, posted something that was like how to show your type that you appreciate them. And so I sent that to him and I was like, this, this is like what gets me going. Like flowers are cute or whatever, but that means nothing to me. <laughs> um, so I think it's a great tool uh, relationship wise. And that was one of the things I love about your podcast. I've been... I've been aware of the Enneagram. I've done Enneagram workshops, those types of things. Gosh, um, I'm like doing the uh, you, you made math me again. do an Enneagram workshop at, <laughs> at one of the girls' nights. Let me tell you what Chelsea did to me one night. We were she in the don't. middle. We were in the middle of a girls' night. And all of a sudden, I don't know what game we were playing. And this girl was like, Brie, what is your Enneagram? And I said, my what? <laughs> Like make yeah. conversation. And I stopped everyone and everyone had to do their Enneagram. And then so she stopped out. the party games and was like, everybody's going to do this Enneagram test. <laughs> and I was oh like, all right. In the middle of a girl's night. Yes. Couple, couple wines in. I needed to know because I needed a personality uh, test. Yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've done workshops. I've, I've been aware. Um, I won't say I'm a, professional at all. But one thing I really enjoy about your podcast and something that you introduced me to was the triads and the arrows. I had never heard that language before. Um, so then I felt like, okay, this makes sense. And I, I actually had a conversation with someone here who um, very fervently after knowing me for 20 minutes um, was trying to tell me that I was a one. Um, and I was like, no, I, I know I'm not a one. Like, you don't know me very well. I might come off <laughs> as a one, but I'm definitely not a one. Um, 
And then I had been talking to somebody about like what I didn't know was an arrow, but was like in your unhealth, this is what you go towards. So I was having that conversation with someone and like she stopped me and she's like, that's not a thing. That's not how the Enneagram works. And I was just like, yes, it is. <laughs> so hearing that from you kind of helped me feel more affirmed and um, some of the things I had learned. Um, but I think it's so interesting how like the triads work. So I did some research on that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm learning something new every episode y'all come out with. Like I, the number five and six, um, was it five that came out last week? Yeah. Yeah. So five, five came out before, oh no, while I was on my delayed honeymoon trip. So I was like, okay, I need to listen to this one <laughs> while I have no distractions. Cause this is my husband. Like, let me really learn. And it really helped a lot. I was like, oh my God, this is why he's the way that he is. <laughs> I really like that. One. Really like that one. <laughs> yeah, six is coming next week. Yes, yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, same thing. Some drops. Yeah. So, why thing. do y'all think that the enneagram is so important? Like, speak a little bit more into that. Like, why did you, Camille, like call Kim and like, hey, you need to learn about this, and then. How do you get from there to starting? Yeah, you're incorporating into your therapy. You're making a podcast about it. Like, what is it about the Enneagram that made you all take those big steps forward with it? I think all the, the, basically when we just described what the Enneagram was, I feel like that alone was enough for me to be like, oh, this is, this is useful Um, to want to incorporate into therapy um, because it has such great ability to be used for growth. Um, and it gives you a really clear roadmap of how you can grow as your number. And so when we're thinking about being in therapy, you know, we're talking about growth and growing. Um, and then we're also, the other thing that we're talking about is like, what's your core motivator and your fears and and why do you do the things that you do? And the Enneagram speaks to that. And so I was like, wow, this is a really great tool for me to use professionally. And we've talked about this before on our podcast that sometimes I'll use it kind of implicitly, like in my own head. Um, so if I'm meeting with a client, um, and we might not ever really talk about the Enneagram, but I might kind of just hear the way that they're talking and hear the way that they're moving. And I kind of have an idea of like, this sounds like the head triad, or this sounds like the heart triad. Like I can kind of get like a gist of what it sort of sounds like. Um, and then it helps direct my work. Um, or, I might really say, hey, let's look at the Enneagram together. Let's really like nail it down. And then that even further um, furthers our work and like gives us a roadmap. A lot of times when clients, again, really get to that question of like, why, do, why am I like this? What am I doing? Um, I would, I like to be able to name it for them and give them, here's a reason. It's kind of the same thing when you go to therapy and someone's like, hey, that's called trauma. And someone's like, oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, like, so um, and, and so just to be able to validate, to be like, hey, there's, that's your personality. Like that's, you're a, you're a one, like that's what's going on here. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably the same reason I was laughing at that story you, you shared, Brie, about the sleepover or the girls' night. Um, probably, the, you know, Chelsea and you said you were too, wanting to know people and wanting to know who you were hanging out with and you wanted to get to know them. So you're like, hey, pause, everybody do the Enneagram. Um, and so it's the same thing of just wanting to be known um, that I think really like grabbed me and wanted to use it professionally and personally, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Um, my, t- my type, anything that's going to help me be better, 
<laughs> more effective, more productive, um, and just like real. And I'm so, so, so passionate about being a therapist. I always have been. I've known I wanted to be a therapist since I was 12. Like I'm really, really passionate about this work. So anything that's going to make me feel like I'm really able to be effective at it, um, I'm, I want to learn about it. So um, this and so I'm using this this tool is just an aid and just in addition to other tools that we have as clinicians, um, it's been so helpful and it's so helpful for clients, like Camila said, to be able to name stuff, for us to just be able to have language, for us to be able to say, you know, that's called shame. And that shows up for all of the types that are in the art triad. And this is why, and this is how that um, can impact you. And this is how you can learn from that. Um, so you can be aware of it. It just, it just used to take so much longer to try to get there before um, having this tool. So I do introduce it to all of my clients at the very beginning of the process. They have the option to take an assessment and determine their type. And um, if they are into it, we continue to reference it. If they're not, then we don't. For the most part, people, though, are really, really into it, which, with the exception of, so like I said, most of my clients are Black, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later. Um you know, so one of the reasons we were inspired to do this podcast is because uh, there's a lack of representation. Um, and that's the one episode I, I was intentional about making sure I listened to um, of yours before we met today. And so you got like we've already covered that. Right. Like why representation is so incredibly important. And so I think that that I saw that as a barrier Um people would like be curious about it, but then they would start looking and it's like, you know, you walk into a cafeteria and there's no black people. So you go, go find somewhere else to eat. Right. Um, so we wanted to be intentional about creating space and um, bringing this lens and this perspective um, off. There was so often we would go to trainings together and we were the only ones um, which is, was like, we've talked about, this is not unique to our experience just in general. Right. But it was just so interesting that time and time again, there was just nobody else, um, that looked like us. That was especially like teaching. And so then there was so much that we felt, you know, was missing from the conversation about, um, types and, um, all, what all of this means. So we, so we want to do a podcast. Yeah. And, and I love what you just said about the, like, there's things that are missing because with that analogy about not only is representation important. So like, yeah, if I walk into a cafeteria and I see all white people and I'm like, wait, this isn't for me, but there's also going to be foods there. There's going to be music there. That's not for me or doesn't take me into consideration. Right. You know, um, we'll be in a space and it's like, gosh, I don't know any of this music. Right. Like even something (laughs) as simple as that, um, where you're like, I don't know, I don't know this. Um, and so you feel like, oh, and so even with the Enneagram, we would be in these trainings being the only ones. And then they're the way that they're talking or the things that they're talking about, we're like, Hmm, Mm -hmm. this isn't, there's something missing here. Mm -hmm. Um, there's something that's not quite right. Um, we're just, just missing because it's not talking about the black experience and what it means to be black um, and the ways that we grow up and the ways that the, the natural sort of um, we were talking to someone a couple of weeks ago and we were just talking about certain concepts when we're as a black person. And he was like, I didn't know any of those. I'm like, you didn't know twice as good. Like, that's like, that's like breathing for us. Like, that's like, that's like the most simple concept. Like, and he was like, no, I didn't, I didn't know that. Right. Like, um, so there's certain things that we just know that, that 
white people haven't had to experience. So we bring that into identity and into um, growth and personality, like that stuff needs to be talked about. Um, and so we wanted to bring that to the table as Enneagram voices in the Enneagram world. So what do you find some of the fears that you're running into when you try to introduce it to people who, who you're counseling? Mm-hmm. Fears? Like when yeah. you introduce the Enneagram, they're like, oh, hey, you know, this is a personality test. Like, are they are they kind of like standoffish about it? Or, or you said they kind of embrace the concept? For the most part. Okay. Um, for the most part, it's really been interesting the difference in re- like the clients for me, the client clients who were white and clients who were black clients who were white kind of coming in knowing their type their wing their the access points like everything boom 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 clients who are black coming in like huh but the any but i never never heard of that and then you show it to them so one thing when we talk about this on, on the podcast the symbol you know that's a little <clears throat> I, i'm i'm from the south uh chris you know group baptist so you see the symbol and it's a little like, huh, I don't know. Like, I showed Jesus, my mom and my life? aunt and they were like, what kind of witchcraft is this? <laughs> <laughs> right. So then, but, um, and this is, this is just a part, I think, of just being able to, to be a, a, a dope black therapist right now. So many people of color are intentionally seek, seeking clinicians that look like them. Um, and so... And, that, and I just want people to know that that's okay. Some, there's, sometimes there's this like timidness or like there's like this um, shame about wanting that. And that is absolutely like, it's, oh, it's okay for you to want to work with someone who, who, who looks like you. Um, and so I think with that kind of comes some trust, right? So I'm like, no. I'm like, it's on my website that I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I got, but you know, that's very much a part of like why I'm inspired to do the work that I do. I'm not going, it's not the devil's work. I assure you. And we can explain, you know, what, (laughs) what, what the word means, what the symbol means, all of that. Um, And so with some education, but again, that trust, right. You know, that, that the representation part, that's really, really important for that. Um, So I think that's a little bit of a, you know, some, some reservation. And I think again, because if you start to check it out and you see that there are not a lot of people who look like you, then people lose interest. So they really feel like it's not really, Oh, this isn't, this is, this isn't okay. It's not, it's not for us. This is for them. Okay. And they don't mess with it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 100, all of that mm-hmm. for sure. Just the, yes. Cosine all of that. And I don't know if there's any other fears other than than that, like, what is it? What is this? Um, and I think the other fears, I think sometimes because when we hear a personality test, people think, oh, this is just going to be another, you know, so many times in jobs, right? I have so many clients that come in. And I'm like, I did the strength finder. I did the colors. I don't even understand what the colors is. I did the Myers-Briggs, like, you know, and so they, they've already had these tools, these, these tests that they've done even in their jobs. Um, but then to say, here's another one, people are like, okay, like, is this just going to be another red, green, yellow kind of a thing. Um, you know, my five strengths. And so to be able to, I think the fear is that they're going to get put into a box. And so being able to say like, no, 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 this is, this is actually going to open us up to like have a lot of language and a lot of areas of growth, um, with this tool, um, is helpful. Or even again, like this is going to help us relate to your partner, um, to be able to understand what's going on with your partner. Um, and that's also something that, 
is like helpful. So yeah, I think that's another fear is just that, is this going to be another test that I just take and, and that's it. Um, but yeah. I, mm-hmm. a, a helpful way to think about it is this helps you to like identify your box. So that way, you know, when you're choosing to hop in it, because at times you will. Um, and But it's about understanding, like, why you're doing that. Well, and so for me, it's probably has something to do with not achieving, not succeeding, failing, messing up, um, looking like I don't know what I'm doing, something like that. I'm, that's probably going to cause me to hop in my box. But I know that that's what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm making that that choice. But I also know what the other options are. I could choose to not get in there and be vulnerable and connect you know with emotionally and with my mind and with my body like more intentionally um and that's a choice I could choose to do I think I think another fear maybe with it is that some just the way people approach therapy sometimes and so sometimes especially if folks it's their first time coming to therapy which is a lot of times what especially now there's a, mm-hmm. a big, big push for a lot of black folks to be starting a relationship with a therapist and they have never done that before. They're not telling their mom and dad about it. Like there's, you know, like I can't tell my family I'm going to therapy. Um, and you know, there's a lot of, this is a big first step. And so sometimes helping folks understand what is therapy, what's the purpose, because sometimes people come in and they're like, want, they're like, I have this one problem that I need fixed in five sessions. Um, <laughs> and what, what do you mean? We're just going to sit here and like explore and talk and like do all this stuff. Right. So just helping people understand when we introduce like the Enneagram, that this isn't derailing us. This is actually just, again, giving us um, language around what we want to work on. So I think that might sometimes be a fear. Is that, is this something is, how does this relate to what I'm coming in with? Um, Mm -hmm. And that again, could just be a educational piece of for us as therapists to be like, here's what therapy is. Here is what we're going to do. We're going to do more than just solve that one problem with your boss. Um, We're going to look at all the things around that one thing. I love it. I love that. And I definitely agree, Kim, to what you were saying, like being able to see what box I have stepped in that in that moment has been really helpful because I will approach things and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm in my two brain right now and I need my three because I need to get this done and I need to stop thinking about what everybody else needs from me for this thing. And I'm able to really shift my focus knowing that my two comes in strong but I have that three in me as well. So it's like, okay, I need the two to take a backseat and I need the three to take over so I can I can do that. So being able to shift that in my mind has helped me so much. That's um, impressive too, to be able to do that. Yeah, and it's, I think, I mean, I'm a three, I gotta. <laughs> and that's something that we've talked about in therapy is just like, okay, And that was one thing that kind of helped me. I had really bad postpartum depression um, and really leaning into my two brain helped me get out of that because my doctor helped me see, not my doctor, my therapist, there I go again, helped me see like, hey, if we talk about how this is useful for me personally, it wasn't helping. I didn't care. (laughs) But when I talked about how my mental health health would increase the health of my baby, that's when things started getting better. So it was like, okay, Chelsea is not going to be 
focused on and doing this for herself because that's not her personality. If we can get her to see, okay, this is impacting your family. This is impacting your baby. That was what I needed to kind of wake up mm-hmm. a little bit and, and be more um, determined to get the help that I need. So I think it is a very strong tool. Um, I'm able to do things now. I mean, five years ago, well, one, five years ago, I was not in therapy. And then two, I was not into the Enneagram like I am now. But I think both finding a therapist, finding a black woman therapist um, and being intentional about our use and and knowledge of the Enneagram has helped a lot for me. Um, And that's something that I'm like, Okay, I wait. I can't wait till my daughter's old enough to do the Enneagram so I can know what she is. <laughs> but that's more of me just like wanting to know. I always like when I meet new people, I'm sitting there like, okay, what Enneagram are they? Let me try to read them. <laughs> A mess. No, I'm kidding. Um, so we're th- we're throwing numbers out there, but can can you two briefly explain like your number and just like to give you know the audience an example of of what each of your numbers mean and how it affects your personality yeah yeah um we probably actually can do one better and kind of go around really quickly okay um yeah so we have but we would definitely like to know your numbers as well yeah we'll we'll pause it we'll pause it those i love to lean in we'll lean in so we'll start well you talked about the triads earlier chelsea so um the triads are Um, these centers of intelligence on the Enneagram. And they just kind of, um, there's so many ways to break down the Enneagram. So we'll do it by triad. So we'll start in the head, I mean, the gut triad. And so that's going to be your numbers eight, nine, and one. Um, Eight, nine, and one have a relationship with anger in some way. um, And they also take in information from their bodies. Um, And eight is called the protector. um, And the nine is the peacemaker. The one is the reformer. Um, You want to do two, three, and four? Yes. So that's moved on to the heart triad. And just for clarity, so there are different types of triads. Um, so the one, the triads that we're referring to right now are the instinctual triads. So um, the heart triad, they tend to primarily um, and instinctually kind of know things emotionally. Um, so type two is known as the helper or giver. Type three known as the achiever. And type four, which is known as the individualist or the romantic. Um, we're mentioning these labels. These are just different kind of known character traits of each type, but we totally like try not to get stuck on those. Um, so I tend to just kind of reference the, the numbers, but people like to people like the descriptors. And then the, the two, three, four triad, like she said, um, heart, the hearts and the feelings, but then they also have a relationship with shame in some way. Um, and then the last triad is the head triad. Um, they are going to take in information with their minds and their head. Um, they're going to have a relationship in some way with anxiety or fear. Um, and those numbers are five, which is the investigator, the six, which is the loyalist, and then the seven, which is the enthusiast. Um, I am a seven, um, so I am an enthusiast. Oh, yeah, Brie, yes. Um, so an enthusiast. Um, and then Kim is a three, and she's an achiever. Um, so she's in the heart triad, and I'm in the head triad. Yep. Um, and my, I mostly lean on my four wing. Um, so I really identify with, with that four energy. And then she mentioned subtypes earlier, um, self-preservation. And so, uh, for three, 
the self-preservation type is actually the counter type. Um, so again, Camille mentioned like flavors and nuances. Um, and just going back to kind of first learning about the tool, like you kind of, you can totally do like a deep dive. I don't know about like your, either of your experiences with it, but um, there's so much that you can learn about it that you can kind of get lost in it. So um, it's definitely worth it to kind of pace yourself because it can get kind of, it can feel like a lot, a lot of, it's a lot to take in. Yeah. And it, it's kind of cool that like, again, that tool, it's a, Kim said the setting at the top that it's, it's a, it can be an ongoing tool. So because there's so many flavors, you might, you might learn your number and just stop there for a second, hang out there. And then you might learn the wings and then you might learn about the access points. And then you might learn about the subtypes. And then you might learn about how you can use your access points. And then you can learn about the health and not like, so there's lots to uncover. So don't think that you have to like, you know, what's that phrase? It's like drink from a, a, fire, fire hydrant, like it, you can take sips, um, because there's so many layers. Um, and I love Chelsea, you have a therapist that can walk through it with you slowly, but surely. Um, but yeah. And, and even us, who's been looking at this for five, five, six years, like we talked about, like there's different things that get revealed for myself as a seven that I'm working on, um, that I didn't, wasn't thinking about when I first learned my number. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, so I'm also a self-preservation subtype. Um, and that's just an interesting part of being a seven. I think it kind of, I don't know, I think it kind of doubles down on the sevenness a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, um, so that's me. Um, and yeah, the names are, like she said, you, because we, you don't want to get put into a box, the names are just there. Um, so even the achiever is a great example of thinking about Kim, um, as a counter type, the achiever name isn't quite, or more so the performer. Sometimes threes are called a performer. Um, and for Kim as a counter type performer doesn't resonate um, for her because she's the counter type of that. So that, that label wouldn't really match for her. Yeah. It doesn't. For someone like me, who's taken sips, as you put it, where would you say, like, after you take the test and find out what your number is or and or your wing, um, what, what would you say would be a good first step into really kind of diving into that? I think that's a great question. Um, I think it's going to be. And it depends, um, <laughs> which I hate is such a, a horrible answer, but I think it feel has like to I'm in therapy. You ask a therapist a question, we're going to hit you, but when one back, because my question back to you is what's your learning style um, and how do you learn best? Um, because that's going to inform how you connect with it. Do you like auditory? So you want a podcast, do you like books, do you like visuals? And so you're going to want to look at Instagram. Do you want to talk it out with someone? And so, yeah, going to a workshop and actually getting a deep dive. Like, so it would be, what's my best way of learning? Um, and how can I connect with it in that way? Um, I always tell folks like this is a journey. So definitely sips are good. Like you don't have to jump all the way in and get all the information right away. So even if you passively just say, let me follow some Instagram accounts and let me start listening to a couple of podcasts. Let me grab a book and flip through just doing that is a way to start. Um, but it, to up it a little bit more would just be um, finding a, a method that works for you and then going deep diving down from there. I agree with all of that. Um, and I, I would probably, yeah, I would probably add before that, 
um, just kind of being honest with yourself about if you're like ready for, if you're intent, if you're going to be intentional about that. So this goes back to how I think some people can kind of find it and type and just like um, stop there and really get into the, um, like connecting with different influencers and like in different memes and that, that type of thing. And kind of, I mean, that's, it is, it's fun and it's funny. Um, but it really does, you're missing out on, I guess, just like the, going back to the wisdom of it. So I just think being honest about if that's something that you're ready for. Cause like I said, for, and I was a therapist at like for seven years, I think at this point when I found this tool and I was like, Oh, no, <laughs> I don't want to, I'm not, Oh, I'm good. I don't want to know. I don't want to deal with that yet. And it took a year for me to come back around and actually want to pay attention. So then that would be my other suggestion would just be a commitment to, if you are um, committed to doing that work, just paying attention to the core motivators and being aware, just observing yourself from like kind of through that lens. So when you can recognize that maybe, you know, something bothers you um, or you're upset or you're just like any, any type of reaction, that's a good opportunity for you to kind of get grounded and just get curious and get inquisitive about how this may line up with what this tool is saying it means when you do that, like what's actually happening. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I would say too, that like, I I think I actually want to back up something that I said with the Instagram. Um, I love, I honestly love Instagram. It's my favorite uh, platform. Um, Yeah. Love it. Agree. But I would say that you can only get so much from the Enneagram Instagram. Um, and just like you were even saying, Chelsea, that like, I didn't even know the thing about access points because you're not going to get into that on, on Instagram that much. Um, and so I think if you are following folks on Instagram, just doing that almost complimentary to what you're doing on the top end, which might be, I've gotten a book or I'm listening to this podcast. Um, and then just having the the Instagram stuff be kind of added added to it unless there's some instagram accounts that really go deep dives but um you're gonna see a lot of the memes a lot of the pretty pictures a lot of the typing of like pop culture you see a lot of that on instagram um, as opposed to like how does this system work um and that's something that you're really gonna find in a book or on a podcast or even on like a website that's like you know enneagram institute or something like that that has it really spelled out nicely for you um so that would be another suggestion. So like for the sake of our listeners, we definitely have to ask this question. Um, so as a Black woman, um, how do I go about finding a Black therapist? What are your best tips? Um, can you share that information? Yeah, we love this. Um, I like to start with word of mouth um, because let's A, normalize that we're looking for therapists um, and that there might be a friend in your circle, in your circle that is already seeing somebody. So they might have some ideas. Um, And then you're going to want to look on like directories. Um, So therapy for black girls is a great one. Um, And then you can always, you also have to, whenever you're talking about therapy, you also probably are going to have to talk about the insurance question. Um, So also learning about your insurance, what is your insurance? What is your copay? Um, And so finding that out, because that's going to help narrow down what you're, who you're looking for, and it's going to flavor what you can or cannot afford. Um, And so 
doing that. Um, and if you don't have insurance and you don't want to pay full out-of-pocket rate, you're going to want to look for a sliding fee. You're going to want to look for Open Path Collective, which is a directory of folks that do sliding fees. Um, you can call, if you do have insurance, you can call your insurance and ask for a list of therapists. And then you can like cross them off down, you know, go look at their websites and cross off who doesn't work. Um, yeah. Kim? Of course, Camille covered everything. The only what I would add would maybe be like if you're already connected with a provider. So if you have a primary, mm-hmm. you know, ask for um, oftentimes they can give you a referral. Mm-hmm. Um, but she nailed everything else that I would say. She she nailed sometimes. I mean, nowadays social media is a decent place to 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 take a look. Um, I would probably just say be mindful of the um, practices as far as like how to reach out. So that might not, maybe not necessarily like DM the therapist because everybody that doesn't work, we're not always monitoring that. And generally that's not a great way to um, communicate professionally for, for, for us. So um, get the contact information and, you know, go to the website or shoot an email or give them a call. Um, but more and more therapists are being, um, you know, more open to the fact that social media is a way to have a presence and a way to have an influence. And so that might be a, a good way to to explore also. Depending on your church, you can, if your church is a church that uh, talks about mental health, um, you can ask your your leadership team if they have any recommendations. Um, so that's another avenue. And find so that's how you find people. They're finding your actual therapist. I, I don't know, Kim, you probably have a better answer to this. I do talk about it's a it is a feeling. Um, you you go, you ask questions, you ask what you're looking for. You can literally Google questions to ask your therapist on the first session. So you don't have to like rewrite the wheel here, um, uh, reinvent the wheel. Just Google that, have your questions ready, go in and, and just feel out how it felt to be in their presence. How did they listen to you? Did they hear you? Did you feel like they answered your questions? Do they have the expertise that you're looking for? Um, and try them out for two or three, one to two sessions, um, to kind of see their vibe and see if it matches because it really is, there's a magic to therapy. Um, and there is a, uh, rapport and the way that you feel about your therapist is one of the most important parts of your healing. Um, and so if you don't feel good about your therapist, it's going to block the work. Um, so that vibe element, that magic element is actually a thing. So feel it out. Um, and people come to us, they'll say, they'll be like, I liked your name. I liked the way that your smile was. I liked the way that your colors on your website, like you just get a like, feeling. This is me. Like, I like your name. <laughs> Girl, this room is it. What you yeah. Who is your oh, gosh, Absolutely. Yeah. My therapist's yeah. office is like a whole lounge. And I was like, okay, yes, I belong here. <laughs> Can people probably come to you like, I liked your sweatshirt that day. I thought like, I really, <laughs> yeah, I yes, I was looking at her sweatshirt the whole time. I was like, okay, yes, I like Kim. <laughs> well, thank you ladies um, so much. I think that's great advice. And oh, Kim, I don't yeah. want to cut you off if you were going to. No, yeah, that. no, I was just going to add that it's okay to like, to just to that point, it's okay if it doesn't feel like a good fit to stop and don't like it may feel really really crappy to feel like you have to start again and kind of explain stuff again but it's worth it like Camille said that that connection um the relationship I have heard by the way I've heard some people recently describe how they feel about their therapist and I'm just like I mean I like 
really have strong feelings for my therapist. I mean, like it's 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 important. y'all can't see Kim, but she's clutching her pearls. Like I am. <laughs> like some of the stuff I've heard, it's just like this is how you feel about shit, and you pay and you pay full offense, right? Full offense. <laughs> you keep going back. No, like if it doesn't feel like it's a fit, that's that's reason for you. And your therapist, if it's a decent therapist, is going to totally understand and want you to find somebody that feels like it's a good fit. So right. feel empowered to, to if you're not, if it doesn't feel like if it doesn't feel like a fit, it should. So feel empowered to say, oh, this isn't working. Be Try to be aware of why and help that when you're looking in your next search. And you could, again, if it's a good therapist, like she just said, you can go to the therapist and say, gosh, I don't really know if this is a right fit. Do you have any other recommendations? And I'll gladly be like, you know what? Yeah, mm-hmm. here's some people that I think you might vibe with better. Mm-hmm. Um, here's some names. And that's not going to hurt my feelings. So sometimes people are like, I don't want mm-hmm. them to be sad. I'm like, no, I want you to have a good therapist mm-hmm. and it might not be me. Um, and we keep talking about this fit thing. Um, again, like, do I feel safe, heard, valued, Um do I feel like this person cares? Like, that's what we talk about when we talk about fit. Do we communicate similarly? Um, if they're someone that is like really heady and using all these big words and you just kind of want to keep it light, like, or vice versa. Um, do they laugh? I laugh a lot in therapy. Some people might be like, Camille's, Camille's always cracking a joke. Like, I don't know about like, if that's my kind of girl and some mm-hmm. Kim is very goal oriented and she's going to have, and I might go to a therapist like that and be like, there's too much homework. Like, I don't, I don't want all that. Like I, I don't yep. want like step by step by step. So yep. you've got to file, find what works for you. That um, cracks me up because that's why I fired a couple of my therapists. Cause I was like, I didn't come here to talk to you. Like I didn't come here to talk to you, but like, give me some homework. I need to work on things. Like I, this is not a venting session. I'd be like, I don't need, you know, I don't have the time, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's, it's don't, different. Don't hand me that notebook. You know, oh God, a workbook. I can't stand a workbook. Don't you do I'm it? Yes. Don't, don't don't. I'm not going to give it. you a workbook. Don't give me a workbook. Don't yes. do it. See, I would feel I would feel seen by being given a workbook. I'm with you. So we're I've t- and so really really quick going back to um cool thing about the Enneagram being therapist is us our own awareness right yes, and how that shows yes, up yes. in our work with clients. So me being a three. And me being very goal oriented, um, you know, when I have clients who could really not care much about their goals and it, you know, it, I feel some type of way, like I'm aware of why I feel some type of way. <laughs> I can kind of work through that and work with that and just, you know, breathe through it. Yeah, but it's true. With, it is. And it's it's hard. Yeah, but without yeah. that, you know, it can before, and before this is a lot of, you know, you feel a lot of stuff and you're not you can start to question if you're doing a good job or if you're good enough and it's none of that it's it's just that that particular client isn't you know they're seven and they don't they're not crazy about goals or whatever you know I, it, it's i don't have to yeah, you better, by the way i'm drinking champagne i was wondering I was like, what's going on? You I love it. Hey, it is Sunday goals. afternoon. I was totally joking. I was just, I was looking at your face and I just said seven. Yeah. Get get back up up seven and I'm a seven two. I just so, appreciate that there are two threes and two sevens on this. Call. I know. I was like, y'all hear us talk. So oh, I, I, I do, I do want to ask though, I, what is the, what is your favorite thing that the Enneagram has taught you personally, like in your own life? Oh, um, probably just how to stay open, 
Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I, 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 yeah, I've learned how I close up and how, how like how that's looked like my whole life. And so the Enneagram has helped me to realize when that's happening and how to, like I'm saying earlier, like I could choose to do that and know exactly like as I'm doing it in most cases, what's happening or, you know, if it's, if it's safe, you know, if, if it feels like it's worth it to me, if it feels like it's a relationship that's worth it to me, I can choose to not do that. I can stay open. Um, and that has, has been, it's just made all the difference in my life at this point is, to, is that awareness and that choice to be able to know how to do that. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, it has taught me and I love that answer, Kim. And again, just what we talked about, that like the Enneagram helps you not be your number. And so like for her to say that I'm, I'm open. Right. And like, I, and for me, it's to settle. Um, and so the opposite of what a seven kind of looks like. And, and so it's for me to be able to, to be okay with quiet, to be okay with boredom, to be okay with, um, mon- monotony, to be okay with, um, hard feelings, um, to allow sadness in, um, those to not, and like what she talked about, like it has helped me be a therapist. Like I've learned, you know, I know when I want to immediately be like, just go get margaritas. It'll be fine. Like, right. Like, like, and I can't say that as a, as a therapist, right. I have to be like, oh, that is like, that is sad. Let's sit here with the sadness. Um, but my natural tendency is to be like, just go on a trip. It's fine. Um, and I can't do I'm that. I'm going to call you when I need to be told to go on a trip and get <laughs> margaritas. Like, hold on, Camille. Hey, Camilla. <laughs> I promise I'm actually doing real work as a therapist, but, um, (laughs) but it, because I've learned to be like, no, let's settle, let's sit here. Let's look at this. Let's see the beauty in it. Um, as, as opposed to wanting to just go, let's just go on a trip. Um, so that's what the Enneagram has taught me is to, is how to settle and be, be calm, (laughs) go, go a little bit deeper as opposed to, um, wider with all of the things. I love that. Thank you all so much. Yeah. Kim. So just clarify, what's your dominant type? Is it two or is it three? I feel like they're even for me. Um, And I feel like it depends on what situation I'm in. Honestly, I feel like relationship wise, it's a two. And I feel like anything to do with work, it's a three. Like there is no room for my two in my work. Like I am fully the achiever. Um, Camille, you'll know this. I'm always working on something. She liked to be busy. I like to be busy. Like you like to be busy. I, I ended my maternity leave, maternity leave early because I was just like I I got I feel like I'm not achieving anything and I can't live like this. Um, so I I do feel like it's very strong on both, but because of the pandemonium, I would say I'm leaning heavily in the two in this phase of my life between the pandemic and being a first time mom. Okay. All right. Well, um, Brie, I need to find out what your wing is. So I need you to. I don't know what it is. That's my homework. (laughs) (laughs) That's my takeaway. I got to find a wing. Okay. Well, the way the way that we teach it or the way that we we like the wings, um, but we we really also teach it like you can kind of flex in both directions. Um, So you could 
we find that there's more flexibility with your wings than with your type, um, that like your type will stay the same, but like you might flex more into your one wing or your three wing, or for you, Brie, you might flex more into your eight wing or your six wing. So for me, I, I know for me, I don't really attach too much to the wings. If someone really was like, what is your wing? Camille? I'd be like, six, probably seven wing six, but I do see a lot of flexibility, um, in the ways that I lean into my eight wing and my six wing, um, kind of for different circumstances of my life. Um, for sure, for work related to personal, related to the, the personal pan pizza that we just went through. Like there's different times that those wings show up different. Um, was that your way of saying the pandemic? Mm-hmm. My personal, okay. pan personal pan pizza. <laughs> not personal pan pizza. Because I was like, girl, I'm hungry. Look, no, because we earned those in grade like, school. We did not earn this. <laughs> we had to read the books. These kids will never Switch know. Switch it up. I call it the, I love the pandemonium. I call it the Panda Express sometimes. Yeah, sometimes um, I say the Panic Panini. <laughs> I do say that. Panorama. <laughs> the Panera. Now you've got personal pan pizza. <laughs> yes, personal pan pizza. I love that. All right, ladies. Well, I appreciate y'all so much. Um, I love this conversation and we're definitely going to have to have you back for round two. Um, but before we end the episode, we'd like to have an energy check. So we'll start with Camille. What are you giving energy to and what are you denying your energy from? And then how are you caring for yourself this week? Yeah, I love this. I love that you guys end with this. I love this question. And it was also a really great practice for me as I was looking over the questions for me to pause and be like, yeah, what am I doing? You know, so for me, um, when I'm giving energy to this week, um, I am um, getting ready to have a pretty busy April and May with with travel. Um, very classic. And so I'm leaning this week into really, again, grounding, having routines, taking my vitamins, making sure my sleep is on point, meditating, my therapist appointment, like just my schedule, making sure my schedule is intact and like, you know, ready to go. So that's what I'm leaning into is just those routines that help me keep going. Um, And then what I'm leaning away from is um, unintentional time, Um, just really being purposeful with my time is kind of leaning same same reason as to why I want to have routines this week, but just being able to be like, I'm doing this at this time because this is what's going to help me. And that might be that I need to sit and watch Bridgerton. And that's, that is intentional time. Yes, you do. Because season two is amazing. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, half, I'm halfway through and I'm liking it so really? much. It is it's so good. Oh my God. God. It's, it's so good. Like, do I want to do this? So I want to do it. I you want to do it. You want to really? do it. Really? Do you okay. do they done sucked me in. Yes. I mean, I read all the books, but I, just seeing it come to life and the way that they did it. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so, it's good. so much okay. better than season one. Is okay. it? I, I, I do so. like it better than season one. Really? I had some, I had but Anthony's was pick. one of my favorite um, books. So I had, um, I had bones to pick with season one. I just had some issues with it. And the issues that I had with season one are not in season two. There's better character development. There's better. The, the girl is prettier. Um, the tension like- <laughs> is out of this world. Oh my God. It's, it's just beautiful. It's, it's amazing. The, the cultural inclusion is just beautiful. Like it's just Hi. great. It's great. Okay. Yeah. I'm there. It's nice. It's a lot. It's, it's, it feels more intentional too. I feel like mm-hmm. season one, I feel like they just like threw some stuff on the wall and we're like, let's go with it. Uh, okay. This will be, this will be fun. And it, it okay. was, but this one feels like, no, let's actually like tell a story. Let's actually build tension. Let's actually make it believable. So anyway, so that's, I'm leaning 
away from unintentional time, but it might be intentional for me to sit down and, and watch Bridgerton. And then the third thing, the third question was, how am I caring, are you caring for, for yourself this week? That leaning into my routines, leaning into um, the structure that I need to be able to, to go. Love that. Kim, your turn. I also love this part. Of your of your show, um, and enjoyed like making sure I was prepared for this part. So, yes. um, pro- I have projects. <laughs> I have projects that I'm really really excited about. Um, one includes what I hope to be like a very normal answer to one of your questions earlier in the um, in the episode, Brie, about like like next steps. So I'm. Um, trying to develop like a coaching community for people of color using the Enneagram. So um, I have some specific stuff that I really want to do this week to help like bring that into fruition very soon. Um, Things that I am protecting my energy from uh, pretty much anything that's going to disrupt my peace um, and just like not, yeah, not being offended, um, choosing to not just take offense to stuff. Um, and then third, I, so I've scheduled self-care days once a month for the whole year. Yeah. Thank yes, you. Yes, thank yes, you. Yes, come, yes, on. Come, on, come on. For the whole year. Yes. Come yeah. on. Self-care is best care. Hello. So that's this week. Um, I'm probably proud of you. So proud of you the whole thank you, Camille. <laughs> so I yourself. I'll figure out what that's going to look like. I'm sure like, you know, manicure, pedicure. I might try to see if I can get your appointment. Um, but yeah, I have all day and whatever. So I'll just, whatever that day I feel like I need to do, I'll do for myself. Love that. Bree, what are you doing this week? I know you was going to skip you and go to me. Um, you know what? I, the the funny thing is I came on here to say the same thing as Camille, which is so hilarious that we're both sevens. And this is what I have to say, because I am gearing up for two trips. <laughs> um, so like I came on here to be like, I'm trying to be very intentional about like preparing for those things and like using my time to prepare for those things. Um, also, I haven't been getting a lot of rest. Um, so I need to I need to go to bed at a decent time. Um to be honest, um, which is why I'm drinking coffee during this podcast right now. So, um, yeah, um, I need to be very intentional with my time and, and space and in peace. I need a little rest and peace, um, and how I'm caring for myself. I'm actually taking a little, uh, self-care day, um, on Tuesday, I have a little mani petty action, um, scheduled. Um, I already got my hair done. So there's that. That's checked off. Somebody's getting ready for vacation. Girl, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to be up in this, trying to be on the beach, girl. I'm trying to be on the beach. (laughs) Hand me something under the cabana. That's, that's like, I don't even care what's going on. Um, Also, I have uh, my chat book project that I'm working on for Camille and Kim. I am a writer and I write poetry in that realm of things. So um, I'm working towards finishing my chat book. So when I'm on vacay, I'm going to take a time to do that. Um, And for those of you listening, next month is National Poetry Month, and we will be diving into that too. So yeah, that's that's me this week. Yes, I can't wait to read it and boost it and all the things. Um, Okay, let's see. For me, just getting back from first trip since baby. So like... 
giving my energy to slowly getting back into my normal routine and not just jumping head first and feeling like I'm behind because I missed a week. Um, I have never traveled without my laptop and I did not bring my laptop with me. So that's awesome. That was a win for me. Um, The crazy thing is I actually charged. Thank you. I charged my like surface pro to bring that. And then I left it on the charger and ended up not bringing it. God knew I didn't need that thing with me (laughs) and nothing fell apart. So, um, that's my lesson that it's okay for me to take, to step away. Um, so putting energy into slowly stepping back in and not feeling like I have to work sun up to sun up sundown this week to catch up um and then denying energy from honestly any kind of guilt or shame um and not feeling like I'm being productive enough or whatever that is um so trying to really give myself grace and change I'm still in that real weird headspace of finding what productivity means for me in this stage of my life. Um, It doesn't look the same as it did when I didn't have a kid or living through a panic panini. So um, constantly trying to give myself grace um, and, and reestablish what productivity means. Um, And then caring for myself, I am going to go either get a massage or a pedicure or something this week. Um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I kind of need some pampering. Even though I just had a full week vacation, I still need some mm-hmm. some some one-on-one pampering. Sometimes you need a massage after the vacation. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that because you were trip in the back plane was a lot. And you, were car- you have a baby, so you're carrying a bunch of crap. Right. Like, well, yeah. she didn't come with us, but oh, okay. we had to come home and then drive two hours to go get her get her resettled of course her she slept in the car on the way back so her bedtime was moved it was just a whole thing so we're just feeling like we are back (laughs) today um but yeah and she's in the middle of a leap so it's just like all kinds of craziness going on so just getting back to normal getting her back on schedule um with her naps and her sleeping and all that so just this week will be a reset for all of us, basically. Yes. Um, I think that's it. Again, thank y'all. I'm so thank glad you so much for joining you. us today. Yes, this was great. It was a good chat. Me just listening. I'm just <laughs> taking it all in, taking it in. Taking there's sips. so much I want to know and so much I want to learn and taking in sips. I need to like. It, it, I am super interested in learning more about my enneagram. Yeah. So. Well, make sure you check their episode this week because there'll be six, which is one of your wings. And we'll drop that information. Yes, we will definitely put that in um, our show notes so that everyone can follow you and listen to you and learn more about themselves and how to be a better person, how to be a better partner if you're in a relationship. Um, I love it. I love Enneagram so much. Um, So I'm so glad that y'all came up with this because... Camille, when you posted about it, I was like, oh my God, I've been looking for this because I follow a bunch of like black Enneagram accounts, but they're kind of those Instagram meme accounts, those sorts of things. Um, So to hear directly from two black women therapists about the Enneagram, it's like amazing. So 
Love Thank it. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for your work. Thanks. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Yes. Okay. Well, tell the people how they can follow you um, and then we'll wrap it up. Yep. I am on Instagram at K Reese L-C-S-W-R-E-E-S-E. Camille. And I am at Camille.Logan.LCMHC. And then both of us, our Enneagram for the Culture is at, it's at Enneagram for the Culture. Um, so you can find us there. And then our podcast is in all the places. So you can find us just by searching whatever way you listen. Um, and then we also have a website, which is EnneagramfortheCulture.com. Love, love, love it. All right. That's another episode of Grown Women. Thank you for tuning in. And always remember, if there's not room for you at the table, break the table's legs on your way out and make a bigger one elsewhere. Because why? Because the table is trash. Trash. (laughs) Thank y'all. Thank you so much. G-Dub fam. We'll see you next time. Bye. (laughs)